Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode, another interim episode of Storm King's Teddy. Uh, what are we calling this one, Cat? We already did 4.5. Is this 4.75? Um, we could call it introduction number two. Let's meet Lars, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Weevo, nice to have you on. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's uh, not often that I get to talk on a podcast. Uh, so you have podcasted before? I have. A uh, very uh, ambitious one, but also very niche <laughs> subject ones that died pretty quickly um i enjoy doing this uh i even even if it's only because i it centers my own thoughts you know Mm -hmm. just like the reviews that cat and i are doing of the game i i keep i keep notes and you know uh, porsche keeps notes or is it prue damn the Uh, p names Porsche, yeah so um so uh but um so that would work, but it just helps me crystallize what just happened. And, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it's a good way to review, uh, my, uh, my daughter and I, my oldest daughter and I do a podcast called what is past is prologue. And mm-hmm. I am the past. She is the prologue. <laughs> and we just about things, any, so umbrella Academy, you know, books, movies, whatever. And we get the old and the and the new take on it, but anyway, I, just, I, I like I like the the medium. It just puts a voice out there, and I don't even if nobody even listens to it, it's still just fun to do. So, yeah, that 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 was more or less like when when I had the quotation mark podcast. It was, it was just fun to do. It was it, I I used it as an excuse to like get my thoughts out there, but also it was just hanging out. Like it was hanging out with 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 the dudes and and. And and Kat's been kind of my other half on uh, game related stuff for a long time. So yeah, I agree. It's it's to me, it's kind of hanging out and just talking and chilling more than it is podcasting. Yeah. All right. So first question, Kat got to ask it last time. I'm asking this time. How long you been playing D and D? Oh, D and D. Uh, four. It's been on and off for quite a long time. Uh, the first time I played it was back in high school with 3.5 and like back then I was still kind of like like I like when it, like I was I didn't know what I was like like I was like a god-fearing man or was I more of an atheist? Like and the first time we like they kind of had to convince me to play because I thought, you know, I I bought into the whole, you know. Oh, you're going you're going you're going to align yourself with the devil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like it, like it, like it was like oh, like you know, like the satan the whole satanic panic thing. Like like there wasn't that much uh, like as much but like I was hanging like the guy who was running the game for me called himself a satanist quotation marks, right. but like so that's why I kind of had some reservations. It was fun but like you can definitely tell that he didn't he's never DM'd before. And after a while, I didn't have much fun into it. Like I didn't have as much fun. I think I played two, three games, dropped out of it. And uh, Teddy, I've known Teddy for quite a long time. He got me back into uh, role-playing. He got me uh, back doing a Scion. I don't know if anybody out there knows Scion, but. uh, I'd not heard of that one. Scion is uh, back in the, like uh, there's a, uh, there's a, version two out right now 
but the we played the original one and the, it was basically he got me into it because it's all about mythology and i love mythology and the whole idea is that you're playing uh, a child like a demigod you play the child of uh, a human but also you get to pick your godparent and then the godparent the godparent uh, is associated there's a different pantheons to be associated and they, each pantheon has their own specific powers and purviews and then based on that you get powers and you get some of the funnest aspects was creating a, you get a birthright and a birthright allows you a certain amount of points to make towards making a, a relic or a birthright that can do the craziest shit like we had a friend who made a his uh, birthright was a hummer that was that was able to shrink and grow at will and it was just superhumanly tough like it was it was a good time and from there he I slowly got back into Dungeons and Dragons 3.5. I played a few games and uh, some of the, the, unfortunately a lot of them kind of met their end before we could really finish. Then we stopped playing when fourth edition came out. I wasn't a huge fan of fourth. Yeah. Uh, Everybody started with three and a half. (laughs) I hated three and three and a half. Oh my God. It's, it's so good. And then we transitioned from three and a half to like, yeah, fourth came out, didn't like it but we discovered Pathfinder, which is just 3.5 plus, I guess. And we got really got into it, and it was a Finger Wiggle. He, I met Finger Wiggle, we became friends, and then he invited me over to a, to a, a mutual friend's place, and, we, and they were trying 5th edition. And I was like, I was very wary of 5th edition, just because 4th wasn't that great. I think by this first session, I was like, wow, this fifth edition is kind of where it's at right now. Like it's so streamlined. That's the thing I liked about fifth edition is how streamlined it is. And not a lot of math. I I really like that. There's not a whole lot of math. (laughs) I I remember 3.5 grappling was a huge fucking. uh, Oh yeah. uh, Like, is it okay if I swear? Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. We're we're all adults, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I like, I was like, I forgot that like, because the first time, like when I did podcasting, it was on like, twitch so i had to be very careful about like what we said don't so fucking do it again <laughs> yeah god damn it I, I, i'll try not to fucking do it again <laughs> but uh yeah i loved how streamlined it is no not a lot of math and like it was a really good time and, and i guess yeah like D on and offs uh probably for like oh god 15 plus years now on and off. Yeah. It's another good little jag. That's uh, yeah, that's quite a while. Yeah. Like it's uh, like D like a D and D has taken like, like I don't think I've really, really, really liked playing D and D until like a very, the last maybe five, five, six years. Like when, like I tried running a few games and I realized that I'm way too ambitious. And when Jeff, Oh, uh, when he took over, I, really enjoyed uh, playing D and I realized that's when I was like, I just need a good DM. That's, that's really what I need. I need a good DM that can kind of blend enough role play with enough dice rolling and dungeon yeah. crawling. Well, when, uh, when we were talking to finger wiggle kind of said the same thing. He, he does a really good job of storytelling. So, yeah, and that's that's a that's a huge part of it. So, and also, he let us know that he knew you, and also Teddy, and uh, that he had met Portia and Prue with online gaming. Is that the case for you as well? 
Uh, yeah, I met uh, Portia and Prue through uh, through Teddy as well. He, uh, Teddy's kind of a nexus. He he runs a lot of the games, and um, uh, I'm he met Portia and Prue through online gaming, like through like like a through some online games, and then brought them in when the he when they when he realized that they were also into D anD D, and so yeah, I met uh, I met. Porsche and Prue through uh, a couple of other games before uh, he before he started um, start playing games. So yeah, like it was really interesting. He uh, Teddy said like opened up Storm King's Thunder, and he was been trying to convince me to 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 get back because I, I, we were playing D anD D for so like so much. I actually developed some burnout, so I had to I just quit D anD D like tabletop role playing altogether. And so, uh, Thunder was my first time back. He convinced me to come back. He's like, well, finger wiggles there. And I know how much you like to play with finger wiggle and Porsche's there as well. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. I'll join up. And then (laughs) I feel kind of bad. I feel like we, we, the three of us kind of bullied Prue into joining as well. (laughs) We're like, well, well." because it was, it was after you, when we found out that uh, you and Kat joined, there was one spot left and we're like, well, there is one spot left, and then, then then a couple, like, I think a few minutes later, we saw that uh, Prue joined as well, so I was like, I hope we didn't bully Prue into it, but uh, I'm glad, <laughs> I'm I'm really glad that Prue joined. I really like the group that we have currently. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, we were just saying that uh, last podcast. Uh, the But once again, Kat, we're the outsiders. <laughs> yeah, we're outside looking in. Everyone's all buddy-buddy with each other. You and I mean, you and I are buddy buddy with each other, but you know, they all have like a chemistry that we haven't quite filled in yet. With oh yeah, that that that'll happen really soon. Like, uh, to be fair, I'm like we're I'm like I'm buddies with all of them. I'm really just buddy buddies with uh, with uh, Teddy and Finger Wiggle. Like it's like I haven't like I enjoy like I really like Portia and Prue, but like. It took a while before we got to that kind of level of chemistry because, like, I happen to be very shy as well. So, like, I kind of... That's why, like, like with Storm King's Thunder, I kind of, like, sometimes I don't talk a whole lot just because, like, I'm I'm shy. Like, you guys are new, and I, I don't want to embarrass myself or anything like that. So that's why I don't really talk a lot. Much, I feel like... Well, we'll, we'll get there. Like, like, we're, like, we're getting there because, like, we're getting to know each other. You're gonna have a tough time embarrassing yourself in front of me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just it. Like, like I don't know why I'm so embarrassed because sometimes I just have no shame. Like, like, like there's, I, I, I will do whatever it takes to be to to get a laugh out of people. There is no shame in me, so I don't know why I'm shy half the time. It was like, all right, can, can I cut in and do a quick story? Yeah. <laughs> all right, so I, I I've been playing D and D since God was a baby. Uh, I mean, I'm not as old as dirt, but I got a few years on mud and one of our first second edition groups, uh, we got into a, we got into a war with, uh, another second edition group. The DMS came and, uh, co DM'd the fight between our groups. It was a lot of fun, but I started gaming with this other group as well. And the dungeon master of that group, his parents were really involved with the church his father was a minister. His his mom was very prudish, very very nice people though, and yeah. so we 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 were gaming in their basement, and 
uh, a buddy of mine and I walked upstairs, literally gained with this guy for decades. And <laughs> we went upstairs to get ice, saw their parents, was making nice. I had had gas all night. Oh, no. And, oh, but no. it had been coming out quiet. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'm either going to make a weird face in front of these people or I'm just going to let it out. So I let it out and it ripped. It oh, was no. so loud. Without missing a beat, <laughs> I turned around to my buddy and went, damn, Tim. <laughs> the classic, the classic, uh, like pushing it on somebody else. Yes. And, and my friend, he's very high strung anyway, turned around to me and goes, that wasn't me, you cocksucker. Take it back. And I'm like, I held up my hands. I'm like, okay, it was me. <laughs> so, 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 so this is the funny part. <laughs> He embarrassed himself worse calling me out for it than, than oh, he would have yeah, if he just would have said, yeah, my mistake. Oh, no. <laughs> and then on the way home, he is tearing a strip out of my ass. He's just like, he's like, dude, I'll never, I'll never be able to pay you back because nothing embarrasses you. <laughs> That's the best part about that. Like, like, you, you can't uh, like, if, how can you be embarrassed if, you know, you got no shame? Yeah, that's right. So, uh, and as far as I go, Cat still doesn't like me. So, oh, that's not true. <laughs> uh, okay, um, <laughs> I've eaten enough t- uh, time up. Go ahead, Cat. Okay, so you've touched on this one a little bit. Um, you said you started in person. Um, now we're on roll twenty. Is did you transition over to roll twenty because of the pandemic, or do you prefer roll twenty or over person? Uh, we, I've, we've been using roll 20 a lot, not necessarily because we, not necessarily because I prefer it more just because, uh, like we started playing and, uh, like in, we live in a, I wouldn't say a small city. It's a small city. Yeah. It's not a town. It's a small city. It's the third biggest in, in, um, uh, in our province here, but like, it's still very redneck in a lot of ways. And when we were playing D and D, there wasn't a lot of people playing. So a lot of the people we were playing with were were all over like all over the United States and stuff like that. So it it was more we can't get a group going in real life, so we'll I guess we'll have to do it online. We I remember joining like there were a lot like myth weavers, I like to make character sheets and stuff like that. But uh we found that roll 20 was the best. It was still really jank, <laughs> but it was the best one and it's really weird seeing how far roll 20 has gotten in such a short amount of time like yeah agreed i i saw it when it very first came out it premiered at gen con and yeah I, yeah i remember i think i can't remember who brought it up i think it was teddy i think teddy was the one who brought it up and and like at the time i thought it was great like you know like the character sheets were, were, were like was much better than what i've ever seen before and now you have like the compendium on the roll 20 being able to just drag and drop spells and like items like oh my god wow. yeah it's really handy it's really really handy it's like i don't think i could go back to the old way of doing it like i do <laughs> miss playing around a table like just having that like because a lot of things you can only experience around the table yeah absolutely like i miss rolling dice like in like physical dice i miss yes. like just and just fucking just fucking around with people and like being able to like order like just the camaraderie of all ordering pizza having a couple of beers you know yep like, or your party finds a deck of many things and you actually pull the cards out of a deck and i mean yeah, yeah that kind of stuff yeah. I, yeah i get it 
like, I like, like, I think what's really like, because before I was just used to playing on roll twenty because it was the only way to really do it. But like, watching things like Dimension Twenty or like Critical Role and seeing all these people having a good time around the table has made me really like, it's like God, I really, really want to have like a basement with a dedicated table and invite friends over and have a have a, a an in person game. But it's it's so hard even online like like scheduling. Like schedule conflicts is so hard. Like it's to get together. I even think it's harder online than it is in person. Uh, usually, okay. because if you're doing it in person, your people are local and they're going to come in game. So that is true, and that's just it. Like I like like the city that we're living in has grown quite a bit. So and with like man, like D and D really took like it really boomed. Like holy hell! Like I remember like. I would talk to like my parents or something like talk about like, Oh, what did you do? Like, Oh, the Dungeons and Dragons. And they, you know, a puzzled face comes up, but now you say that. And like, I feel like most people know what Dungeons and Dragons are now, you know, with, with yeah. critical role and, and like, especially like stranger things. Like, oh yeah. Uh, definitely. Not sure. Knows. Yeah. Everyone knows about it. So like, we might try to like, I might try to look around and see if, there's more interest in the city for like a in-person like uh, Dungeons and Dragons. But like, I think roll 20 is just the default for me now. Like it's just the easiest to go to because just the bigger pool of people being able to play from around the world. Yeah. The, uh, the big thing that I find a lot of trouble with where scheduling conflicts seem to hit the most is time zone differences. Uh, our other, yeah. our other fifth edition game, Cat and I are only one time zone apart from one another. So normally what's good for him is good for me and vice versa. Uh, but we have other people that are in England, Scotland. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. that's uh, GMT zero. And, you know, we're minus six and seven, respectively. Is that right, Cat? Yeah. And before England, one of them was in Australia. Holy shit. That's GMT yeah. plus 10. <laughs> so it's 16 hour difference between time zones. And it, it really was, uh, like herding cats. So, yeah, I think, um, we, we play, uh, there is a separate game that, uh, of, uh, from in the Eberron setting that we're playing and somebody from there is also from England and, by the time we're done, they're like, "Oh, well, gotta go to bed." It's like almost five in the morning. It's like five in the morning. What the f- what the fuck? Why are you still here? Go to bed. <laughs> yeah. And are you on Eastern or Central? Uh, Mountain. Oh, so you're actually in Cat's time zone. Hi, right, same as me. Oh damn, I did not notice. Yeah, yeah, we're in mountains. Yeah, we're Mountain Standard Time. Yeah. All right. So, talk to us about your very first character. Do you remember what it was? Oh God, uh, I think my very first character was a half elf ranger. I think I just came off of the the Lord of the Rings high. You know, I wanted to be cool like Aragorn, but also like be cool like Legolas. This is before this is before when I realized like now I know the truth. The coolest motherfucker in Lord of the Rings was fucking Gimli. No ifs, ands, or buts. That motherfucker is <laughs> the coolest. Like why like. That dude has so much swagger, and I'm surprised uh, I haven't played a dwarf since, uh, like, not knowing it. All right. We're down a rabbit hole now. <laughs> are, first of all, are we talking books or movies? Uh, 
movies. I remember like I remember reading Lord of the Rings back when I was in probably grade four. They got for some reason one of the required readings was uh, The Hobbit. It should be, and that, and it should be. And I'm like, it, it's weird, but like I'm like I think the teacher I had at the time, the English teacher I had, was like really was fairly young and kind of hip, you know. Yeah. So um, we we got to read that, and I was like, oh. I remember as a kid, I was like, this is, this is, this is, this is it. Like, this is, this is so cool. And I went to the local library and I got this huge tome. It was all three Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And I read that sucker in like a month, like, like maybe under a month. History question for you. When you bought, when you got that big tome from the library, was it red bound? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. I had that same edition, (laughs) had the fold out map and the whole thing. Uh, so, all right. So, oh, oh, cat! Don't disappoint me. You've read, like, full on read, not just seen the movies for Lord of the Rings, haven't you? I am not a book or a movie person. Uh, I have seen the movies, but I have not read the book. Oh my lord! Yeah, it's. Don't get me like it. It's really great, but I remember as a kid, even as a kid, I was like, there were some law. There were some bits from the Two Towers that just kind of dragged on. Oh, Two Towers was by far the worst of the books. Yeah, I remember like there yeah. were a couple times it was it felt like a slog. Uh, you want a real slog? Read the Cimmerillion. Oh my God! There's a reason like <laughs> like a Teddy and a James and a Finger Wiggle. Oops. Um, he they they um, they talk about Cimmerillion every single time. I'm like I'm cool with not reading this. I'm I'm cool like absorbing yeah. knowledge that they talk about, but I don't think I could read the Cimmerillion. So, so first of all, what I have to say is that Peter Jackson had an opportunity to make legendary films. If I just approach his films as high fantasy films, they were enjoyable as retellings of Tolkien's books. I thought he fucked it up for lack of a better word. Yes, there is a ring of power. Yes, it does bad things and needs to be destroyed. And then the rest of it is almost garbage. They took, first of all, everybody's like, well, Frodo's the hero. No, Frodo is a whiny little bitch. Samwise is the hero in you're Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you're absolutely correct. Like, like I actually don't like Frodo all that much. Like, like, I, like uh, 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 Elijah Woods did a great job with the oh sure that he's given. yeah. But Samwise Gamgee, that that uh, that that dude is the is the OG. He's a fucking he's, he's a, a fucking gangster, man, dude. He's the he's the original gangster. He's the one who yes. he was right about everything. And like, don't if trust it, that piece of shit Gollum. He's a piece of shit. And then uh, Frodo's like, why need reason why we have to keep fucking like like co- like reasons to have conflict in the book? We got to keep it around. Like, and Sam was there going, no, fuck this dude. This guy is gonna fucking strangle us in our sleep. Yes, and. <laughs> And if it's not for Sam, the ring doesn't get destroyed. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> like, like even at the, like, like Sam never, never falters. He never falters once, even at like Mount Doom. It was Frodo was like, no, it's mine at the very end. I'm like, oh, God damn, Frodo. God damn, Frodo. Like you, you, you piece of shit. <laughs> thankfully, like, thankfully, uh, like, I like to think that, um, that, uh, Gollum is the MVP because he's the motherfucker who, the, who like falls to his death with the ring. Like without him, sure, yeah, and the tree would still be around. Which you know, Gandalf's prophecy came right. You know, it's like, hey, everybody's got a, a reason to be around, and 
you know, that yeah. kind of thing. So, yeah. okay. But so love talking. Everyone also says that Gandalf pulls a lot of weight. He does, but realistically, I'm in with you. Samwise Gamgee is the hero. Yeah. He is. He's, he's so good. And, and I love Tolkien's writing. So yeah. the Hobbit is one of my very favorite books ever. And, yeah. uh, I will say that it did a great, what his real brilliance is. He took an audience that knew nothing about middle earth, nothing about anything like that. And then he took the most small, insignificant creature as a hobbit, and that became us. We got to see Middle Earth and all of these happenings through Bilbo's eyes. That was freaking brilliant. Like really brilliant, making like because like the hobbits are such sheltered like people. You know, they rarely leave outside the Shire. Right. That it's such a great way. It's such a such a smart way to introduce this world through. Character through a race that rarely, you know, leaves. They barely, they they barely know the world outside of their own. And so, and that was that was such a brilliant plot device because because Bilbo didn't know he was learning at the same time that the readers were learning. So smart. Yes, I, I agree. Like like Lord of the Rings, like the trilogy, fantastic series of books. Like it gets a little dry, but like it's fantastic. I still agree. Like I agree with you. Like the the Hobbit is by far the like, like is the best read out of all yeah and so it trumps i i think that tolkien needed work on names so many of them sounded or looked similar oh yeah and so but here's where i really hated things in, in the movies gandalf never had a relationship with the ring where he would touch it and see funky visions but it was that way in the movies yeah gimli was the most dour and taciturn person in the books, and he became comic relief in the movies. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is true. Like, like I, I that is, I, that is one of the reasons I like Gimli a lot because, like, like <laughs> toss like me before, like I, you know, I was like, why would you ever want to be a dwarf? And then he was funny and he was a badass. I was like, man, this guy's funny. Like, that's how you get to me is like being by being funny. Like, I know that a lot of people are kind of giving shit about the new thor movie because it's it's a comedy it's funny it's like no that's great man like well, that's i haven't seen that but... like that character get them to be funny you know and so one of the other things was that um faramir was one of the smartest people in uh, in the books boromir's <laughs> brother and yeah. and because he realized hey sam and frodo need to go to mordor but in the movie they were like he, he was portrayed as an idiot. He was like, no, you're coming with me back to this city that I know you never visited, visited in the books, but we're going anyway. I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> he was portrayed as like, yeah, he had a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. that just controlled everything and like every, his, everything that he does, which is kind of annoying. Okay. So anyway, I'll, I'll get off that cause I'll yeah. be on it for ages. But, uh, so yeah, I absolutely agree. I think the Hobbit should be on, uh, reading lists in, in schools because it is really a masterpiece work. It's so good. It gets people into reading. Like I wasn't into reading and it got me into reading for sure. But yeah, like I wanted to be Aragorn. So I made the, this half elf, but like, I don't remember much cause it wasn't, I couldn't remember a lot about that character. So like the, really the first character that I probably remember the f- most was the, f- the Scion game that I was talking about. I didn't know anything about it. So I made a, a the son of the goddess of filth in the, in the Aztec Mayan um, uh, pan, uh, pantheon, 
he was uh, he he's very similar to Lars in a lot of ways. He was a himbo. He was dumb. He was a dumb <laughs> bitch, but he was a private eye. I don't know how this character works, but like he was very pretty. He was very handsome, but he wasn't aware how handsome he was. He was just always trying to solve the case, so a lot of the things would fly over his head. But yeah, that was my first character. It was one of my favorite characters because it I made the character clueless so I could experience the world in the game firsthand too and not sound really dumb. All right. Kat, you're supposed to rein me in on this stuff. Go ahead. Hit your next one. Um the pay to play game. We're doing a pay to play game. Um Finger Wiggle mentioned that he was doing it to support Teddy. Um, are you in the same boat because you're all buddy buddy with him or in Yeah, I part of it is to support uh Teddy. Like, like you know, he's my ride or die. It's to support him, right. but like I like he really made Storm King's Thunder very compelling. So that's why I joined. Part of it is to help him to help him out, but also, you know, it's if I'm I'm like he does such a good job that I don't mind playing the pay to like paying him to play for to run the game for us. Like for the longest time, I before this whole play to pay to play game the module came out, we were joking around to, to other people like I will fucking pay you two hundred dollars <laughs> if you run a game for before for me and my buddies. Like we would joke about that. So now that I can't believe like. We like we should. I, me and him, me, me and my buddies, we should have jumped on this. We could have been. We could have started this before the, the start playing games guy did, did it. Yeah, and Cat and I, when we talked about this, um, I think Cat, you, you're agreeing with me that we just basically wanted some continuity. We wanted to people to show up and play. <laughs> yes, I, I agree. I think the pay to play is a great idea because, like, since you're paying for it. You generally, people will show up because they want it. It involves money, but like I feel like sometimes it promotes better, uh, better behavior too. Because since you're paying for it, you know, like most people don't want to pay for something and then just fuck around the entire game. But I could there there are people like that. But like I don't know. I find that when money is involved, people tend to be on better behavior because it's like. Um, Especially with the with the current economy and the inflation, it, twenty bucks is a lot. Sure, but the way I look at it is okay. If let's say it's twenty bucks, yeah, I can't go out to a movie and a two hour movie for twenty bucks. But I'm but I get four hours of D and D. That's a deal, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> oh, absolutely! It's a huge deal. Like, like for like, we can movies here is about. About 15 bucks, like 15, 18 bucks. But it's like you said, it's it's a two hour movie and we still have to pay for like other things when, when we're there. Yeah. Like 20 bucks for four hours of D&D is a great, it's a great deal. I think that's a great expenditure of cash. So. Oh, absolutely. Uh, all right. How's the experience been so far in, it's, in the game? It's been, it's been great. Like I, like it was like since I knew quite a few of the people coming in, I was I wasn't nervous. I was like I wondered what you two were going to be like, and it's been really good. Like it's, I'm glad that this is the group that we have for this for this like game. I think we I think we we really lucked out with the group of people that joined because of what I can tell, everyone's really great. Like really okay with like role playing, and I, I the only thing I was concerned about was like maybe it would get a little too 
dungeon crawly, but I'm glad that that's not the case. People like to do a bit of role play. There's some dice rolling. Like it's never gets too far in one direction where it's just all role play, no dice rolling, or it's all dice rolling, no role play. So it's hits that nice medium really well. So I think it's a it's a really great experience so far. I gotta say the the starter dungeon was one of my favorite intro dungeons ever. I agree. It's like I we we tried. Uh, I it's one of the best starter dungeons because the last one we did was uh probably um curse of strahd with the death house fuck me that 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 is a terrible first dungeon holy shit it's terrible (laughs) although i will say i think that strahd is probably the best villain in ever in D &D. I agree he's a great villain is just i think like uh uh, teddy runs a couple of uh, uh curse of strahd games and he's definitely combed it and he's made it quite a bit better because, oh man, the first time we played the Death House one, God, I never want to do that one ever again. And I think he, <laughs> he kind of omits it from future runs because it's just not, it's not a great, it's not a great first dungeon. The Storm Kings one is great. There's a bit of puzzle solving. You got to figure things out a little bit. There's a bit of combat and a bit of exploration. It's, well, it's nice. I, I like it a lot. It's a really good first dungeon. I'm yeah. just glad that we're out of it. I hope we hit level three soon. Yes. Level one to two, like one and two. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. All right. Seems to be the running case around here is level one and two is super rough. And then three is just like, okay, now we can actually start doing stuff. Yeah. Like level three, you get your specializations and you find, you get a lot more, your, your, um, your uh, class specific stuff, which is delicious. So you're up cat. Yeah. Um, so tell us more about Lars. Why, why'd you choose Lars? Why is he, why is Lars the way he is? Uh, I'll be honest with you guys. I did Lars. Lars is, um, he's a he's exact. I'm playing the same character as in the other Ebron game that, uh, Teddy runs for his friends. I just love Lars so much, but he's a relatively new character and he is, the easy character that I made. Um, I named him Lars because it was easy to say. <laughs> like I wasn't even I wasn't in a Nordic mood or like like a Viking mood or anything like that. I just was thinking to myself, what is a great name that's easy, easy and it's um, kind of rolls off the tongue well. Lars, that's great, and that's when I was like, oh, Lars is kind of Nordic sounding. You know what? It, it but it fits, and it certainly fits the the persona. Yeah, exactly. I was like, like this, like I want this to be simple. Um, I with the keep it simple, stupid, just stupid, simple. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, Lars is great. And then, you know what? Hallstrom sounds good. Like that. That's a great last name. Like something very easy to remember. When when I when I started, this was a actual first edition, advanced campaign. Our DM made us roll two characters each. Because he expected one of them at least to die while we were first oh, level, yeah. and the same guy that I was telling you about that I embarrassed in front in front of the preacher, he he created Voltrog, the mighty barbarian, which was a great name, and his other oh, character yeah. was a fighter named Tom. Oh, that's <laughs> great! I love I love I love stuff like that. Like I love naming convention like that when it's like an old, like it's a clearly a fantasy setting. And then you use like contemporary names like Bob, 
Yeah. Bob, Bob the Bob the Wizard. But, I love that stuff. But Bob spells I kind of wanted to go that route with Lars, but I was like, you know what? Maybe I don't need to go that far with Lars. <laughs> so that's funny. Uh, right. So that explains how you got your name. And you have described Lars as a bard with a subclass of dumb bitch. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so tell us about that. I I love uh, the older I get, the more I really like uh, himbo characters. There's such a it, it's. I think it's like for me the first character that I truly fell in love with, like like con- conceptually wise, is probably Kronk from The Emperor's New Groove. He's just such a great character, and the more I play uh, like a role playing games, the more I realize that I just truly want to be a dumb bitch. I want to be a lovable dumb idiot because it makes it makes it easier for me personally. Because every time, like I made wizards before, and I made like like a like I, I like wizards, but the problem with wizards is that I made these characters who are like have high intelligence. And they are supposed to be super smart, but I don't have the confidence to pull that off. All right. <laughs> I I refer to myself like even like I went to school and I uh, became a pharmacy technician and all that, and and everyone kind of gets upset when I say, it, but like I, I refer to myself as a dumb bitch. A lot of my friends get upset when I say that, but I am a dumb bitch. It's okay. <laughs> dumb bitch is not a bad thing. Um, it's great. I I call him a like it's I made it so that. When I play Lars and I say something stupid intentionally or not, I don't feel embarrassed about it. I don't feel bad about it because everyone kind of expects it from Lars, you know? So what is Lars's actual intelligence score? Uh, his intelligence score is uh, is technically a 10. I like he, It's 10, so it's just a, like no, no modifiers or anything like that. See. I've talked to, to Teddy. I'm going to like – I'll have to come bring it up as like a can I – play around with my stats a little bit can i make that an eight like i before because i'm always like i never want a negative for anything because i'm always trying to like min max before i was trying to not min max but i want to optimize my build a little bit sure then i was like i'm a dumb bitch i should have a negative to my intelligence rolls he should be happy with a hoop and stick (laughs) so so i'm gonna try to do that and then like play around a little bit and then bring his modifier down to negative one. I think it'd be great. Like it just for, and like one, it makes sense for the character, but two, I think it could pretend it could bring up some really great role playing as well. And Tabanese is also a 10, right? Yeah. I kind of did min max a little bit to where I didn't have any negatives. Yeah. yeah and that's how I, that's how I like, like when I like, especially with point by, I kind of prefer point by over regular rolling. There. I do too. Oh, yeah, I do too. I do too as well. I mean, it's there's so nice. there's something to be said for, again for rolling the dice and actually doing it, you know, in person. But the point by is uh, it's it's easy and you don't have to worry about, especially when you're not there to witness rolls. You know, mm-hmm. did he really get three eighteens? I mean, <laughs> exactly. Like like it eliminates a lot of that. I I love it. Like and that's how I usually do with point by is like I bring everything up to a ten and then I go from there. But what I should have done was put it down to Nate. I should have left it as an eight because uh, Lars, there's not a lot going in between that boy's head. And so Keelan's is also a 10 and I am having trouble going the other direction. I am, I am spending way too much time in game 
thinking about things and figuring, trying to figure things out. I don't think someone, and I'm not saying that people that have an average intelligence won't figure out average things, but I, I feel like I'm not playing to my ability score. That I, that's yeah. I think that's why. That's exactly why I made Lars a, a, a like. He's basically a potato. He's just a really pretty potato. A potato. <laughs> he is because like I like I can do puzzles. I can I I can I, I know I'm not I'm not a dumb bitch in real life. Like I I have the ability to use tools and figure things out, but I'm very hands on. <laughs> and for when there's a puzzle in in uh, D and D, it's it's not Teddy's fault. It's no, uh, it's not the GM's fault. It's just that I like without being able to actually move puzzles around and figure it out. I'm I can't I can't do it. I can't figure it out. I'm very visual. I'm very hands on. And yeah. since I can't do it, I'm it's hard for me to figure things out. So that's why you know, like you know what, people can't expect Lars to you know figure out a puzzle because you know look at him. He's basically drooling half the times. That's pretty good. So. Yeah, there's a couple times there, wind and game, where you've RP'd and you've gotten inspirations for something really smart, and I've I've messaged you, and I'm like, yeah, you're playing a little too smart for I know. your character there, buddy. So, and, and and one of and one of the times that that it really hit me the hardest was when I offered to throw a light spell on the wick of Winifred's lantern, oh, so that he yeah. didn't so that he didn't have to use fuel for it and he could also extinguish it anytime he wanted to. And I'm like, this is not something that a, an intelligence character is just going to rattle off. That's just it. Like I, like I totally get it. Like that's, but at the same time, you know, you know it's hard to be in character. Like, like I think that's the hardest part about having stats and stuff like that. It's hard to play to that strength. Sometimes like sometimes I forget that, so I have a very high wisdom. I can play some things off to that, but yeah. I mean, the difference is knowing that, uh, you know, intelligence is okay. If you get cold and wet, you might get the flu and wisdom is just knowing to get out of the fucking rain. <laughs> yeah. Intelligence so, is two plus two equals four. Right. And, and wisdom is don't eat that. Don't eat that, that piece of that hamburger that's been sitting in the fridge for two months. Right. So some of the things I might be able to, to foist off on high wisdom, but, uh, yeah, the puzzle stuff, I, I should be drooling with Lars. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's just it. I think that's why. Cause like, I'm like, I'm, he's supposed to be dumb. He's supposed to be incredibly dumb. And then I looked at it. It's like 10 is technically average. Like, so tech, like 10 is out, like is, is peak for most, like most regular folk. It's like, it's, it's pretty average. So I was like, I need to bring that down. Like, I, I think I played Lars fairly well, but I don't think my uh, my my uh, stats, my attributes reflect that. So I need to change it. I need to be I need to be a dumb hoe. All right, all right, cat. Well, let's let's go on into the the way Lars looks, like his race, the gender. Let's go into the bard subclass. You know how how do you envision Lars for us to see? Other than, uh, than being a dumb bitch, uh, he uh, uh, Teddy actually helped me with a lot of this. Uh, he he mentioned that um, hobble goblins are way cooler now, and I looked up. I was like, they're pretty cool, you know. I and I've always played humans, so I decided to break out of the human uh, hole that I've dug myself. Hobble goblins are pretty cool, and you know they can be saucy looking. Um, 
He's a male hobgoblin. He's fairly, he's pretty, he's got, I like to think that he has like a, like a prime Arnold physique, but it's all like glam muscle. You know, it's like he, he lifts heavy, but it's to look good, not to be actually be strong or anything like that. Uh, uh, and yeah, man, like I made him a dude because you know, himbo. I love, I love me a good himbo. I've never played a bard before, and I've always thought that being a bard means I have to be good at talking and be actually charismatic. But Teddy's like, no, you don't have to do shit like that. You can just just be a just be a bard. So let me ask you, what cool things do we have in store for us with Lars? So you said yeah. you're you're really jonesing for third level, fifth level. What what's going to what's going to come of those? Unless you don't um, want to spoil. Oh, no, there's not much spoiling about it. Like, I like I was really excited because I was going to go with like a, a the College of Lore. I think because they have some really great things. Like, I, like College of Lore allows me to, like, as a bard, I can give people uh, uh, bardic inspiration as a reaction, which is fucking amazing. Uh, I can recover. That's uh, already been useful. Oh, has it? Yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, the other one is really, like, I can re- now recover, uh, like, at third level and, like, higher, I can recover uh, Bardic Inspiration on a, on, a, on a short rest instead of a long rest. Oh, nice. And then uh, later on, you can, I can, uh, my Bardic Inspiration can be used towards, instead of just rolling, it can be used towards damage and healing as well. Oh, that's kind of strong. It's pretty strong, and then like, and then as it gets higher, it's a, like right now it's a D six. It gets to a D eight later on, so it really is really, really like a, a bardic inspiration is really powerful. <laughs> like they really reworked uh, bard a lot. It's a fantastic, and uh, and they're like uh, later on, I get like there's some uh, hobgoblin ones that I like. I have to remember. I can't remember all of them, but I remember playing joining the other Eberron game. I was like, holy shit, Bard is fantastic. Like, it's also great because it allows me to be in the background and just be the be the buff guy. It's so nice, like, being able to, like, oh, well, you didn't do it well, so I'll use my reaction to give you a Bardic Inspiration. Use that D8 there, buddy. Like, it's really, really strong. But uh, Teddy's been talking to me about another one, uh, the, the very specific Hobgoblin one, I think the Dirge singer or something like that. It's really sad. And uh, we that's going to go into um, – uh, it's going to tie more into uh, Lars's backstory, so I'm going to keep that one a bit of a secret. All right. But, yeah, like it's uh, – like it's like the ones I'm excited for is being able to um, get, have more bardic inspirations and being able to sling it out faster and more convenient – like in more convenient – like in convenient time periods and being able to re- have it recover of like on short rest and i think at high that love post level three i can do a song of resting one in short rest and have us heal like be able to heal the party oh nice during a short rest which is really good heck yeah is there any racial bonuses for a hobgoblin anything cool that stands out uh probably the power of friendship anime and friendship it's the the I forgot what it's called, but basically, if I fail on a roll, a saving throw, or an attack roll, or uh, or like yeah, on a roll like that, based on how like based on who I can see, like 
in a 60 in a 60 foot range i can add a plus up to a plus five to those roles so i love that it's it really is power friendship and anime like it's fantastic yeah i've seen that come up once or twice um in our sessions before i didn't know that was um hobgoblin related i thought that was hard no it's it's great it's uh i forgot what it's called it's the what is it called? Uh, I think a friend of the Fae or something like that. You know, I'm just going to look it up right now. I'm gonna just going to go to my characters. So while you're looking that up, this is something that Kat and I kind of talked about more than once. And we, we asked Winifred about this as well. So our party mem the mix of party that we have right now, the composition. So Ranger, Artificer, Rogue, Bard, Paladin, Life Domain, Cleric. How strong do you think we are on a 10 scale on a 10 scale i think we're at a solid eight or nine actually all right like i think our our party comp is pretty good like i'm glad that someone's a cleric because clerics don't get enough love i think (laughs) clerics is one of the strongest fucking classes out there i do a bit of everything and they can be pretty tanky if needed fantastic i'm glad we got a uh, cleric uh, the so when we first talked about this, Cat's pretty much been at an eight the entire time. Is that accurate? Yep. yep. And I started at a seven because I'm like, we don't have a dedicated artillery platform like a mage. Yeah. And so that's going to be a glaring weakness. Now, I'm reserving the right to go back to a seven, but I have since upgraded to an eight since I've seen us fight because I think you're right. We are doing a pile of damage. We are, and I think, and I do agree. Like, I think we, I think I would say that we're a 10 if we did have a mage, somebody that can really do area effect spells. But, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll, uh, like, maybe, like, because, like, don't get me, like, when I was playing a wizard, the only spell you need to know as a wizard is fireball. That's all you need to know. <laughs> you don't need to know anything else. Because just sling that bitch out and just apologize, you know? <laughs> I was always a lightning bolt fan. Lightning bolt is great too. Like I think like like lightning bolt and fireball is all you need to know. But like if you only can have one spell, only one spell, fireball baby, just because it's such a great area of effect. Spirit spell. guardians. Sorry? <laughs> Spirit guardians, that's not a major spell. Spirit guardians fantastic too. Spirit guardians <laughs> really really great. But I think we're pretty strong. I think we're still like I think we could be better, but I think an 8. We're pretty good at an 8 and I'm kind of leaning more towards nine but you know i'll say 8.5 all right cat i'm curious to if the other two portion crew decide to come along i'm curious to see if they're first time playing a ranger and an artificer respectively because this was winifred's first time as a rogue this is um lars's first time as a bard my first time as a paladin you've played a cleric before yep. but it, it almost seems like half of our party already is playing a new class and yeah. you guys have some time in D&D, so that's a little surprising to me. Um, it's just like these 10-plus years, and I'm like, hey, this is the first time I'm doing this class. And it's like, oh, wow. Like, I've only been playing for, like, two years, and I've already played three different classes. Yeah, I think, yeah. I, I think w- especially when you, like, the longer, like, I've been playing for a while, and everyone kind of has that favorite class, you know, that they kind of default to. Like, mine was Wizard, because, you know, 
sure you start off like like you have you have the constitution of a wet paper towel but like later on god damn better watch out who you fucking spit on because i'll fucking i'll i'll fireball you to a whole new <laughs> dimension motherfucker okay yep like so, so like, it was always a martial class or a arcane class so i was like you know what let's try bard let's try being a more of a uh a support class I'm all glad right I did it. yeah so speaking of lars um what do you think your role is best suited for our party of six? Oh fuck uh probably <laughs> the support support um support caster and support like he's good at, in a support role as the secondary healer because you know i like i do like that's the nice thing about bard is that we used to have a bit of healing so that if something happens i can really help like lars can really help out with the healing but also he's uh he's the face you know i think he's the face of the he's the face of the group he he's charming he's likable so he can most of the time do a good persuasion role so he can kind of help out the group in that sense yeah you and you and tabane need to be um teamed up and giving each other advantage <laughs> yeah i feel like we're I feel like we're two sides of the same coin oh absolutely like there's a reason why i have a lars dressed in the fucking sluttiest clothes possible because like, i, I want to be able to like hit that that really good persuasion role every once in a while be able to like make fluster people you know so this is this is sort of related so that's kind of what you think your role is. What do you think your best contribution's been to the party so far? Uh, the 12 months of Lars. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that, by the way. That was that was great RP. <laughs> it's it, it, it yeah that that came from because uh, I got a, a commission done for Lars. Like it's in the art channel, but that that was me censoring it. I I, I got the like the artist uh, Fusspot. Um, you can, I'll, I'll plug, I'll plug them, her, because uh, she's a fantastic artist. She's the one who uh, did the, the, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's a comic where it's a group of uh, D&D players playing and they're fighting an orc and the guy keeps rolling ones and eventually his character marries the orc war chief. <laughs> it's, it's really funny, uh, but I got a saucy drawing. It's not like, there's like not, there's no nudity, but there's implied bulge. I'll say that. <laughs> But uh, like I, I, I paid, I like I paid for the. They said she said it was a dick fee, and I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Like I like uh, uh, Lars is a saucy fella. I need a saucy uh, art piece of art from him. And after getting, I loved it so much that I, I, I forgot to do it for last month. But I was like, and you know, what? I'm just gonna commission her every month this year, and like and do pinups of Lars. And then I was like, you know what? This is a great idea for like. A, a calendar so i came up with the concept of the, the year of lars the 12 months of lars that's great so, you know what? that that'd be great for him to have it on hand and that's his the reoccurring gag speaking of commissions i do want to give a big shout out to porsche for oh, yeah. for doing commissions for everybody just for by virtue of playing the game that's pretty awesome oh yeah i just got mine done today porsche's fantastic i'm glad that porsche and teddy are working together for that fantastic it's a great it's a great uh co collaboration with each other so see it yeah so as a face of the party as so spoken by yourself who are some members you get along with or some you don't get along with uh we've already touched on this before like on our 
like a first session, I believe. But, you know, we've got a couple more sessions on our belt. We've all fleshed out our characters a little bit more. I think I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to pull the bullshit answer. I think Lars gets along with everybody. I don't think he right now. So that's not I see it. That's not a bullshit answer because uh, we were just saying this last podcast. I think that her group actually gets along amazingly well. There's usually one character that I just cannot stand. And I oh, haven't absolutely. run into that yet. <laughs> yeah, like usually the ones I can't stand are like, you know, the tryhards and the the like like the the kind of broody edgy characters. I don't like I'm not te- I'm not a teenager anymore. So that, those characters kind of annoy me now. <laughs> but our party is our party comp and like our, our dynamic is really great. Lars does not hate, does not have, he likes everybody in the group. He does not hate anybody. He Prue is a little mean to him, but you know, the way he, <laughs> Lars thinks like, Oh, she's, she's just playing hard to get, you know, I'll get her done. Like uh, she, like he doesn't think that she hates him, but you know, she can be a bit mean, but you know, it's all, you know, we knew each other from before, but I think Lars gets along with everybody because he tries to look for the best in everybody. What what I say? Doing a good job. What I say? Prue's job was to sit back and figure out why everybody else deserved to be in prison. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's it's so funny because Prue's such a cop. I love it. It is good. Like the first session when Winifred is like, I present my totally legitimate papers, and then (laughs) Prue's like, "Mm." Eh. but you know what? That's it is great role play on her part because oh yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So. I, I think everybody's brought something to the table and I've enjoyed it all. And like I said, I, I have not, I have not yet found my annoying character. <laughs> I will say yeah, it that I way. Think, well, that's why I really like the group. It was like, we, I, we, we were extremely lucky that everyone in the group is great. And all the characters have been great. Like I don't, I love everybody's character. There's no character that I hate. And like you said, the chances of that happening astronomically low. Like that, that is, that rarely ever happens. This is, I think this is the first game I have ever played. And I have played for 45 years. (laughs) So, uh, that I have not had one character that, the first game I played, one of my friends played uh, two characters named Shardix and Vardix, the Heckler brothers, and I wanted to murder him, not his characters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I have a buddy. We, there's a friend of ours. He much younger, and, you know, he, he wants to please people, but he makes some of the most God-annoying characters of all time, whether it's a really annoying name, because, like, you know, you gotta be special and have a bunch of X's and Y's in your name for some fucking reason. <laughs> or they're just really turbo edgy, and I'm like, I can't handle that. And like, even with the current, with the the side Eberron game that Teddy runs, no problems with any of them. Great characters, all of them. I love all of them. And in this one, again, there's not a, a he hates nobody. Lars, Lars would die for most of them, for most of the party members right now, if needed. All right, so. Level one, it was rough for everybody. I mean, we're basically one hit away from death. And I'm going to ask you a question that I think there's an obvious answer for. Yeah. <laughs> but did, was there any point you thought you were going to die or that another party member was going to die? Oh, yeah. The, uh, as I see it, uh, the, the, the poopy the the, the pool. Yeah. That was really bad. When Lars got wrapped up by the tentacle and was about to get dragged under, I was like, oh, there. Yep. R.I.P. Lars, time to roll another character named Bars, his twin brother. 
one, yeah, that one was probably that one was pretty bad. I think I don't think anybody else was really close to dying. I can't remember besides Lars. Lars was not. That was not a good time for Lars. Uh, so I said the same thing when we were talking to Winifred. I think Teddy threw us a bone, and I appreciate it because I I have been enjoying the characters, yeah. but I don't think that and I, I call it by Hoyle by the rule of law. <laughs> Yeah. That that uh, Tabane could have moved and grabbed you, but he played rule of cool and let Tabane give it a go, and then Tabane yeah. made it work. Yeah, and I I kind of operate on the same logic of rule of cool, man. If it looks cool, if it's going to help out the party, you know, like if it's like if it's not that huge of a stretch, yeah, why not? You know, let 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 the cool thing happen. Let everyone have a cool moment. So, you know, it's it's allows for good feelings and, you know, something to remember the session by. Yep. And, and I, I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. And that was, that was by the way, I'll say it again, that was very epic and heroic, Tabane. That, very, very epic. Um, you, you were up against a stronger opponent and pulled it off. Yeah. I mean, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I was more worried of tearing Lars apart than I was of actually saving him. Because <laughs> I thought I thought another, you know, athletics or strength check was going to come in. And I'm like, I'm decent at these, but I don't know Tentacle Monster. And at some point, either I'm going down with them or there's going to be two Larses. Oh, no. <laughs> we shouldn't say Tentacle Monster and going down in the same <laughs> sentence. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to have to slap a tag on this a podcast. <laughs> That's funny. So, uh, go ahead. Let's let's move on to the combat. Yeah. um, For you, Um, what has been your best hit? Or I'll say, since you're in more support role, what has been your best supporting action? Uh oh, God, I don't know. That is that's a tough one. Uh. I'm going to go with the uh, lay. Uh, it's probably um, every time I get to use uh, vicious mockery on things that shouldn't it shouldn't work, like bugs <laughs> and stuff like that. That don't understand me. I fucking love that shit. I love that that Teddy allows me to do it, and I just love like using playground insults that somehow hurt <laughs> these monsters. Like God, you're ugly. Oh no! I love how some of the monsters can't even understand your language. <laughs> Teddy will be like, "There's a tear that comes to their eye." <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. I think that's my greatest. That's my greatest hit so far. Is uh, all his uh, the 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 school friend, school playground friendly, uh, vicious mockeries. And so, are you also calling that your best RP? Uh, yes, that or the the bro moment he had with the guy with the with one oh of the, the storm lord. Yeah, the lords in the yeah. bath. Like, that one, like, I was not expecting him to be such a bro, but it was like, <laughs> I was like, yes, the frat boy moment. The frat I love boy. this. It's so stupid. All so right. Would you say that's your uh, favorite NPC? Uh, Probably that or the, or the, the captain, because, you know, I'm kind of shipping those two, those two right now. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, yeah. For for me, your my favorite moment with you was when we came out of the ground and the captain was on top of the pile of bodies and you just instinctively just went like, "Whoa, babe!" Yeah, then, <laughs> I love that part too. 
that for me was awesome. Uh, and then you even nailed it with the roll, and it was just like, wow, he actually pulled that off. Yeah, that was yeah. good. To and, be honest, I wasn't. That wasn't supposed to be out of care, like in character. I just said "babe" as a joke, but I'm glad that that, that Teddy took it as a <laughs> took it as in character. All right. So, um, favorite RP moment from a character other than yourself? Uh, favorite one probably. Probably some of the the in like the tight the inch like the uh, fireside RP that we have on Teddy's channel. Oh yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, so they're they're really great. It's just fun to read, like because like it kind of keeps like it kind of keeps the hype up, but it's nice to read like what how people are uh, doing. In the, in the, the <laughs> Teddy just part. Teddy just dimmed my light on that too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's so funny. I'm like, so when Bubbas was introduced, he he played him as basically a dullard. I mean, you know, with almost like cognitive problems. So so Keelan's been like really nice to him, and now in in chat, Teddy's like Bubbas is like really screwed up by all this because he he you know he he's like, well, why is this woman doing this? Stuff? <laughs> I thought it was really funny because I. Uh, uh, Teddy was saying that earlier, and I thought it. I thought it was like it's funny because it's so great. Like it's not like it's not racist or anything, but like it like it really comes off like the you know, the like wins like like your like your like the pre um like our uh, oh god I can't talk but like stereotyping in a lot of ways like we have a like well so because like 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 he's you know because i was like yeah you said like you introduce him he sleeps outside who sleeps outside right he's like you know smart enough to find a fucking bed yeah that's, and and when i was i was like hey is it is a gold piece enough to you know haul us all over the place and he's like counting on his fingers and you know trying i'm like okay this this guy's having problems so i'm treating him in, in the chat like he's having problems and then teddy's just like no he's actually really smart and he's It's so funny. It's one of my favorite ass like one of my favorite role plays so far that's not me is probably that. It's so fucking funny. Like 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 oh, uh, th- that that's Teddy. He'll he'll pull a swerve and it's so funny when it happens. Oh man. Uh all right. So, so go ahead, we've Kat. Been we've been mentioning Teddy a lot. Um uh he's obviously our DM if that hasn't been spoken before. But how do you like his style versus um other DMs you've had? Um, I've had a few other DMs like uh, Finger Wiggle and um, and a few other friends nearby. I think there's a re- like when the start playing came out, I pushed Teddy to do it because I generally really like Teddy's style. He's it's Teddy really likes a good story, but he also tailors it to to the people playing. He always makes sure that our backstory is involved somehow and we always get a bit bit of enough spotlight you know it's and he's he's he he was a he was in drama he was in a drama class in high school and like theater and all that kind of stuff so i think his improv improv skills are really good and he does a lot of voices which i really appreciate yeah i like that and like it's it really immerses me and like he's he he also understands that the world is populated more than just the player characters like he makes really interesting rp like uh, npcs people that we can interact with and it's 
really, really good. Like it's, I I will say out of all of them, Jeff is probably the best one by by a long by a long shot. To be honest, not just because he's my best friend, but like he does he he really gives it his all when he's DMing, and I really appreciate that. He he does a lot of he does a lot of research. He has so many fucking five e books now because he's always trying to keep ahead and try to again. He's always planning stuff out, and I think that's just it. That like he's gotten better now that the start playing is like the pay to play thing because he wants to give out the best product he can. So yeah, Jeff style is great because he blends a bit of everything. He understand like he tries to understand what we as players want from the game and tries to incorporate it as much as he can in in the in our sessions so there's always a little bit of dice rolling a little bit of combat and a little bit of rp because I, I i like rolling dice but i really do like i really do like the role playing and i really do like being able to roll my dice because you know you know like i have this this little this character who's really great at uh, persuasion i want to be able to talk somebody's pants off thank you very much and he lets me do it <laughs> part of me wants to go into this dungeon <laughs> the next dungeon with just booty shorts and that's it but i know people will get mad at him <laughs> because he's not being armored up all right so let's talk about the next dungeon we're going to porsche's shop and it's supposedly haunted or possessed <laughs> or whatever and uh winifred's idea was that because Porsche's an artificer that the things in her shop is what we're going to have to fight. I think so too. I think it's going to be besides, you know, the creepy crawlies, like the rats and stuff like that. I think it's going to be like a lot of weird art, like techno, techno, technomancy type monsters. I hope that's the case. And I genuinely hope there's a ghost so I can try punching it. <laughs> right. Or stabbing it because Lars is like you know Lars is a first uh, like if it gets close to him his first instinct will be stab oh it's a ghost you know <laughs> oh man well that's all of our questions you want any you want to add anything or do you have any for us yeah uh not really I I think uh, I think this was a good talk like I think there's nothing really pressing for me to ask because I think we hashed it all kind of got it up yeah i think we caught it all to be honest all right well uh like i said i appreciate you carving out the time to come on and talk to us i hope that everybody ends up comfortable enough to come on and do this because i it's i think it's really cool to get into your characters and also to get your perspectives on the game and absolutely i hope so too i hope prue and portia comes on as well i know that teddy uh, wants to jump on like wants to get on uh, get on and talk about it too. And I think that'll be yeah. a great, a great time to get into the mind of the, of the dungeon master. Too. Yeah, that'll be fun. And, um, so he's, he's already put himself in the queue. So, uh, we'll, uh, we'll definitely try to get around to that next week. And yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Anything else from you, Kat? No, I'm just echoing the comments, you know, we're all getting to know each other in game and out of game and it's real great to have that kind of chemistry so mm-hmm. i just kind of hope people get comfortable and if not that's completely okay too but you know everyone's welcome to hop on all right well i um, always love you my brother because you are helping me out tons on this and i always appreciate you making the time so 
Um, all right. Well, then what I'm going to leave you with instead of the regular outro is going to be from a, an old movie called Earth Girls Are Easy <laughs> in, 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 in um, respect to Lars being the dumb bitch subclass of Bard. I'm going to leave you with a song because I'm a blonde and... <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we're going to do our fade. So, guys, once again, I appreciate you coming on, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.